Welcome to Screencast, Screen's podcast series where our lawyers and other industry or thought leaders share their views and insights on various legal issues and developments in Malaysia. Welcome to a new episode of Screencast. My name is Joanna Tan and I am an associate in the Construction and Engineering Practice Group in Screen. We have with us today Shannon Rajan and Tatvar Ruben Subramaniam, both of whom are in the Occupational Safety and Health and Crisis Management Practice Group in Screen. This podcast is part one of two episodes on the key amendments to the existing Occupational Safety and Health Act 1994, also known as OSHA in short. As some of you may be aware, the Occupational Safety and Health Amendment Bill 2020 and the Factories and Machinery Repeal Bill 2020 were passed by the Dewan Rakyat and the Dewan Negara on 27th October 2021 and 13th December 2021 respectively. These bills have been gazetted on 16 March 2022 and we can expect them to come into force soon on a date appointed by the Minister of Human Resources. I understand that these bills will bring about significant changes to the existing OSHA. This includes the introduction of 27 new sections, the removal of two sections and amendments to 35 existing sections. Further, with the repeal of the existing Factories and Machinery Act 1967, the bills seek to integrate the OSHA and the Factories and Machinery Act provisions into one comprehensive health and safety legislation. So Shannon, can you tell us what prompted these significant amendments to OSHA? That's an excellent question, Joanna. And I think it's very important to understand the catalyst behind these amendments. The numbers really don't lie. And the statistics collated from the Department of Occupational Safety and Health, also known as DOSH, is very alarming. Between January to August 2021, DOSH had conducted over 100,000 enforcement actions with 138 cases brought to court for prosecution and a total of RM 1.56 million fines issued. As of December 2021, there were 6,686 reported workplace accidents, of which 174 were fatal and another 249 victims became disabled. The sector that's contributed to the highest number of deaths during that period was construction with 65 casualties reported. Now, I want to pause here for a minute. If these numbers don't move you, or you think that these numbers are outright, then let me try to humanise this point. Every accident which leads to death is a scenario of a parent losing a son or a daughter. And that is never easy. We've seen cases where these children are the sole breadwinners of the family. Or it could be a child losing a father or a mother through an accident. It's really heartbreaking, Joanna. It changes someone's life in a blink of an eye. So what's the answer? According to advocacy groups, many construction casualties were due to flagrant breaches of OSHA regulations. And yet, the penalties imposed on errant employers are too low and lenient and they do not reflect the seriousness of the offences. It is for this reason the Human Resources Minister, Datuk Sri M. Saravanan, when tabling the bill, said that the increase in penalties under the new proposed amendments will serve as a deterrent so that employers ensure the safety of their workers. Now, the collective wisdom of the powers that be has decided stricter laws are to be enforced against these companies and directors. But what it does is to put potentially a director or upper management in a precarious position. It really shifts the pain to someone else. These directors and upper management are also parents, sons, etc. 
And they now find themselves having to attend courts, posting bail, facing even prison time, all of which really puts pressure on them and their families. There's really no right answer, just lives being affected. So what can we hope for is that these amendments encourage companies, directors, upper management and really everyone involved to collectively work together, creating a safe environment to all because the alternative position just brings so much pain and suffering to everyone. Thank you, Shannon, for highlighting to us the statistics on workplace accidents in Malaysia. It is indeed concerning. And so how do the changes under the amended OSHA seek to address these problems? Well, the principal change that has been undertaken, which I completely agree with, is that the amended OSHA extends the scope of the Act to all places of work throughout Malaysia, including the public service and statutory authorities. This means that the amended OSHA now applies to any place of work where work is carried out, in contrast with the existing OSHA, which applies to only specific industries. Although there is no specific provision in the amended OSHA providing for its applicability to employees working from home, it appears that employees working from home are similarly protected under the amended OSHA, as clarified by the Minister during the parliamentary debate, in line with the increased remote working trend in recent times. To add to what Ruben has said, the amended OSHA also introduces new duties and responsibilities for employers. They include the development and implementation of procedures for dealing with emergencies that may arise while employees are at work. Second, to conduct risk assessment in relation to safety and health risk posed to any person who may be affected by his undertaking at the place of work. This basically requires the employer to carry out a risk assessment based on hazard identification, risk assessment and risk control guidelines, better known as HIRAC. And lastly, to implement risk control in the event the risk assessment indicates that the risk control is required to eliminate or reduce safety and health risks. It is clear from these new provisions that the amended OSHA promotes self-regulation where employers are encouraged to monitor their compliance to legal and safety standards rather than to rely solely on DOSH enforcement. Currently, self-regulation practice only by companies mandated to employ safety and health officers. Under the law, only industries that are classified as hazardous and employ more than 100 employees must have a safety and health officer. The main duty of a safety and health officer is to implement a safety and health program with the aim of accident prevention. However, for companies without a safety and health officer, safety programs are grossly lacking. On the topic of safety and health officers, as Shannon has just mentioned earlier, I also note that the amended OSHA is going to introduce the role of a safety and health coordinator. What is the purpose of having a safety and health coordinator and how does the role of this coordinator differ from that of the safety and health officer? Well, for places of work that are not included in any class or description of place of work, as published in the Gazette, requiring a safety and health officer, a new provision requires an employer to appoint one of its employees to act as an occupational safety and health coordinator if he employs five or more employees at the workplace. The OSH coordinator's role is to coordinate occupational safety and health issues at the place of work as opposed to the role of a safety and health officer who ensures the observance of the provisions of the amended OSHA and any regulation made thereunder. Therefore, the primary distinction here is one person coordinates safety and health issues, whereas the other ensures compliance of the company to the OSHA provisions. 
The penalty for contravention of the requirement to appoint an OSH coordinator or a safety and health officer is a fine not exceeding 50,000 ringgit or imprisonment for a term not exceeding six months or both. This is the reason why the companies which are not subject to OSHA must now take immediate steps to appoint an OSH coordinator. According to the Department of Occupational Safety and Health's website, an OSH coordinator would be in charge of the following. Firstly, they'll be in charge of assisting employers to report the status of the safety and health of the employees to DOSH. Secondly, they will manage documentation related to health and safety. Thirdly, they will be in charge of promoting a safe working culture within the workplace. And finally, they can take any other actions relevant to health and safety. Thank you, Ruben. Now that we have discussed the duties of employers, I also note that the amended OSHA will now include duties of a principal. Shannon, could you take us through the role of a principal? Sure, Joanna. The amended OSHA introduces obligations that apply to a principal, and the concept of a principal is a new one. Under the amended OSHA, a principal, who can either be an employer or a self-employed person, is required to ensure the safety and health of any contractor or subcontractor and their employees, all of whom is engaged by the principal. These duties are imposed on the principal only where the contractor, subcontractor or their employees are working under the direction of the principal as to the manner in which the work is to be carried out. The amendment imposing a duty on a principal is not a foreign concept as OSHA already provides for the same under the existing OSHA regulations, which is Section 15 sub 2. The proposed amendments now provide a clearer position on the duties and the party owing such duties to the workers who are not engaged through the typical employer-employee arrangement. The important aspect here, Joanna, is that the duties owed here is exactly the same as the duties owed to its employees under Section 15 of the original Act. Right. Moving on to the position of employees, are there any other protections offered to them under the amended OSHA which were not expressly provided for under the existing OSHA? The amended OSHA introduces a new provision providing an employee the right to remove himself from danger at the place of work or work itself if, firstly, he has reasonable justification to believe there exists an imminent danger at his place of work and, secondly, the employer does not take any action to remove the danger after being informed by the employee or his representative of the said danger. An imminent danger is defined as a serious risk of death or serious bodily injury to any person that is caused by any plant, substance, condition, activity, process, practice, procedure or place of work hazard. Further, in the event an employee removes himself from the danger, the amended OSHA also provides that the employee shall be protected against undue consequences and shall not be discriminated against by the employer. Thank you, Ruben. Now that we have discussed the key changes under the amended OSHA to employers, principals and employees, what are the implications resulting from these changes? For instance, what are the penalties for breaches provided for under the amended OSHA? This is really one of the main changes under the amended OSHA when it comes to the fines that may be imposed against employers, self-employed persons and principals who breach their respective duties under sections 15 to sections 18 and the new sections 18A and 18B of the amended OSHA where the penalties have been increased from 50,000 to 500,000 ringgit. Similarly, for designers, manufacturers and suppliers who breach their duties under sections 20 to 22, 
the fines are increased from RM20,000 to 200000 This is 10 times increase in the penalties, which addresses the calls for stiffer penalties to be imposed on errant companies and commensurate with the gravity of the offence, which can leave an employee either permanently disabled or dead. Do these penalties extend personally to the directors of the companies? Now, directors and specified office bearers, including a director, compliance officer, partner, manager, secretary or other similar officer of a company, may now be jointly or severally liable for offences committed by the company or other relevant body. However, it is a defence under the Act if such person proves that the offence was committed without his knowledge and without his consent, and that he had taken all reasonable precautions and exercised due diligence to prevent the commission of the offence. This does not mean that the directors or office bearers can turn a blind eye to safety issues so that one can supposedly fall within the ambit of the statutory defence, namely that the offence was committed without its knowledge or consent. It must be emphasised that the director or office bearers must have taken all reasonable precaution and exercised due diligence to ensure the safety of the employees. This means that the director or office bearers will not have the protection under the statutory defence for matters that he ought to have knowledge about. We can expect that this defence will be interpreted narrowly in favour of the employees. Therefore, there is a greater need for the directors and specified office bearers to have a system in place for closer supervision of the conduct of the employee, agent or agent's employee, as the amended OSHA imposes a higher duty of care on all directors and office bearers. Thank you, Shannon and Ruben, for explaining the major changes introduced in the amended OSHA. It appears that the proposed amendments signal a step in the right direction for cultivating a safer workspace. We hope to see positive changes brought about by the amended OSHA to the management of safety and health practices at workplaces in Malaysia. As we all know, building a strong safety and health culture in a workplace not only avoids hazards and injuries, but contributes to higher productivity and satisfaction amongst workers in businesses and enterprises. And this concludes the first part of this episode of Screencast on the key amendments to OSHA. Stay tuned to find out more in the second part of our series on the Occupational Safety and Health Act 1994. Thank you for tuning in to Screencast. The views and explanations expressed here are for purposes of information only and may not apply to all circumstances or may no longer be accurate due to subsequent developments. You are encouraged to consult a qualified lawyer for any specific legal queries or issues faced.